It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Everybody, this is Stan Wangland, joined by my favorite best buddy, Paul James Caden, and we are People Under the Stairs. That's right. <laughs> We're the people under the stairs, and Paul, I think this is what, episode four? We're finishing up our first month of yeah. podcasting? Yeah, I think this is number three. Number three or number four? Four. <laughs> That's right. Paul and I were hitting the bong pipe under the stairs here today. <laughs> no, we weren't. We're just so darn excited to be on the Reality Check Podcasting Network. Uh, we're having a good old time. We are. Yep. And we got another true, true tale coming today called The Shaking Bed. Or Stan likes to call it The Shaking Bed. That's right. The Shaking Bed. And I helped, you know, from the old Shake and Bake. But before we get into the tale today, uh, Paul and I, I know uh, I'm speaking for him and I'm sure he'll have something quickly to say. We just want to thank you for all the support for the show. Uh, We're really getting great feedback from the producers of the Reality Check Podcasting Network. And people are saying they really uh, love the show. Uh, We've been kind of sticking with a paranormal theme here for a little bit, but that's not going to be all of it. The shows are not all going to be about paranormal. We actually do have quite a, a few guests that are lined up. Uh, this week it was a little busy for them. And uh, we had this great show with Paul. 
uh, that we were going to do next week, and we decided to do it this week and stay on this theme. But again, thanks for all your support. Uh, we love, um, you know, have you listening in on everything. And, uh, you know, we're definitely positively going to keep you, you know, with one show a week and, and probably a, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't do this without the people that listen and enjoy the content. And we're always open. If, if anybody out there has a, uh, a topic they want to hear, whether it's paranormal or, or something else, uh, email us. Email it into Stan or myself and let us know. We'll, we'll definitely, uh, we're, we're up for requests on, on topics, you know, things that make people want to, you know, keep listening and do content that's interesting for folks. Yeah, and if you have any questions that you'd like addressed on the air for like a little mailbag uh, show someday or a little uh, segment on that, that's wonderful. I've been doing that on my other show. And Paul, uh, just before we forget at the end, uh, what's your other show that you have on the Reality Check Podcasting Network? Uh, I have a couple. It's it's not on the uh, Reality Check. I I don't think. I I think uh, they were going to promote it, though. It was 1159. And that is uh, pretty much it, it deals uh, kind of the same thing a little bit with the paranormal, strange things happening in the world, uh, events in the world or even in our personal lives that 1159 and just one click could take us to that midnight hour where everything changes. People seem to really like that one as well. Yeah, that's a good show. And uh, I have the Candlemas Occultist that's more of a specialized uh, dealing with the esoteric, magical aspects of spirituality and Christianity. That's a once, twice a week. Uh, if people want to look it up, if they're into that, that's out there as well. Yeah, fantastic, uh, Paul. Those are great shows. And, and again, um, you know, we do a variety of uh, types of things for you. My uh, show that's done five times a week uh, is called Just Thinking with Stan Wangland. It's on the Reality Check Podcasting Network. And uh, that uh, is like this show is uh, and, and Paul's show is, is gaining a lot of traction and, and doing quite well. So thank you uh, again, everybody who's listening to all of those. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can get a hold of me, uh, swangland at gmail.com. That's S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Um, you know, to this show. And Paul, just as a reminder, how can people get a hold of you easily? On nocturnal magic, just like a nocturnal animal. So it's nocturnal magic with a C at gmail.com. If you're ever uh, confused, just look me up on Facebook. If you're putting Paul James Caden, uh, you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, no mistaking, I have my stuff all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and they're great shows, folks. So with no further ado, uh, I think one thing we we also say with each session is we are really under the stairs (laughs) again today. So in case you hear a toilet flush or water flow or something else, uh, I I know that uh, drives Paul crazy sometimes, but uh, myself and the woman who brings coffee love it. Uh, as well as some other listeners who've, who've, uh, who've written into me, and they, they just laugh and they find it charming. So in case you hear a flush, we really are under the stairs in a very nice area. But all kidding aside now, uh, I hope uh, you know folks like the story about the Augusta Poltergeist last week. And yeah, I actually had a couple of people, they were a little bit skeptical on that one. Oh, yeah. And said, yeah, and I expected that. And I said, no, I'm not bullshitting you. That's That's for real. I mean, mm-hmm. they said, well... You know, could you corroborate that? I said, yeah, with the police, with the psychiatrist, with myself, whatever. 
So, uh, you know, very serious stuff. Now, this, Paul, this uh, story that you're or that you're calling the shaking bed. I'm going to, you know, back off and every once in a while, maybe ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What the heck is this all about? What what is the story of the shaking bed for folks? Well, I have uh, quite a few tales of the paranormal that I could personally share on this show. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, And I could uh, corroborate, uh, as Stan said, there are people that I could call up, call in. uh, Some of them old friends or relatives that I, uh, I, you know, really wouldn't want to talk to anymore in this day and age. But uh, I guess if, uh, you know, there was a gun to my head or somebody said, hey, we, we want to... Uh, hear from other people that can confirm this and say that it's true. I, I, I could certainly uh, dig them up and know where to find uh, quite a few of them. So my story, j- just to, to give a little introduction on this, I saw a lot of weird things in my life starting from a very early age. And I think one of the reasons for that, you know, you had talked in the uh, the Augusta poltergeist that you you know you have certain abilities you perceive things you know oh, call, sure. call it sixth sense mm-hmm. and I've picked up on things myself and there have been people in my family my mother uh, my aunt you know there have been several people in my family that uh, they would dream dreams they would know things before they happened Um even see things, you know, as far as seeing spirits or, or beings that the rest of us couldn't see. So I think I'm kind of sensitive to, uh, you know, what many mediums uh, would call, you know, spirit energy. And I think one of the other reasons is my grandparents, particularly on my grandfather's side, they were really into the dark arts. I mean, these people would cast spells and hexes and voodoo dolls. And, you know, there were several members of my grand- grandfather's um, family, you know, uncles that, that were actually Satanists. These people would like commune with the devil through uh, divination, seance. And there was an uncle, uh, one of my grandfather's uncles, his name was uh, Enoch. And he was one of them that every weekend, my grandfather said he he would have like a seance just himself every Saturday night. And he would call upon uh, Lucifer or the devil who he referred to. Enoch referred to him as the old boy. And my grandfather and his brother, uh, you know, they were kids and they happened to go over to his house uh, one night. And, uh, you know, before his seance and he asked if they wanted to stay. Now, my grandfather lived to be 100 years old and he told this story over and over and over uh, since I was five, six, seven years old and into my 20s, you know, early mid 20s until he died. So somebody that lives that old and can remember and tell it exact the same time. Uh, for many, many years, I would say there's probably at least some inkling of truth to it. So they went to Enoch's house one, one Saturday night and he asked them if they wanted to stay. 
and they agreed to it. And, um, you know, their uncle called on uh, the old boy and there was some wrappings on the, the wall and, you know, other, um, you know, mediumistic uh, seance activity that st- like scared the hell out of them and they, they you know, burning out of the house. And my grandfather said when his uncle died, he told the family two to three days before he died that he was going to die. And he said the old boy was coming to collect, you know, collect from him for mm-hmm. doing him favors and being at his beck and call for, uh, you know, much of his life. And it was my grandfather's father, because it was his brother, found Enoch when he was dead. He went over to his house one morning. I guess there was some work they were going to uh, be doing together. And there, there was a snowfall. There was no, there was no snow on the ground, or there was snow on the ground, but no footprint. And the railing on Enoch's porch was broken. It was broken outward, like somebody had been pushed or, uh, you know, thrown through it and, and broke the railing. But there was no, no marks in the snow. And my grandfather said, and again, over and over, he told this story that Enoch's body was high up in this tree at the edge of the yard, which had like a V-shape, you know, up at the top. And his body was wedged down between the branches and his tongue was pulled out, like literally just dangling on like strands of of flesh. And this was your great uncle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he swears, I mean, my my grandfather, uh, they they were, um, they were hill people. They, They were... They were very folk people, you know, so they, they were kind of superstitious, but uh, things that, that they seen that my grandmother uh, also corroborated. She was she was much more, um, I think, down to earth than, than, than educated than my grandfather was. But they really dabbled in, in some dark, dark stuff. And I think um, in doing that, I'm a firm believer that uh, you can call up something, you know, if you're dabbling in the dark arts, maybe connect with something you shouldn't. Hmm. And I think that these things can follow people. And there's a lot of people out there that believe in that. They call them generational curses, generational spirits, uh, various ways that, that people can get a hold of them. And um, if if you really delve into paranormal research, you'll see that even some paranormal researchers will say, well, I think this is a generational spirit. This is something that was uh, maybe with your mother, you know, your mother's mother and her mother, because mm-hmm. they all had the same phenomenon, you know, uh, happen in their lives. Where was this? What state was this in? Do you recall? This was actually right in New York State, and it wasn't far from where me and Dorothy uh lived before we moved here to the Binghamton area. We lived right. in Ulster County. Right. And right next to that was Sullivan County. And there was Wurtsboro. There was Huguenot. And oh, there was another small town. I, I, I can't remember. It, but uh, there was Otisville, Westbrookville. Now, for people in the listening audience, because I know I just saw, saw somebody listening to this show and following me from the show who's in, in Dubai. Mm-hmm. In the middle, so you wouldn't know that wouldn't mean anything to you, but that's revolutionary war country. Uh, you know, that's uh, in upstate New York. And the reason I ask is um, what part of the old world was your family from? Were they from the, the Celtic, uh, that kind of environment, from the Irish, uh, Welsh, English? 
Yeah, you know, all, druids, well, all the above. There was the Irish, the Celtic, mm -hmm. the uh, the German, the English. Even uh, my grandmother's, uh, my grandfather's mother was Native American. So, so there were very strong uh, cultural things that uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, you're calling them the dark arts, but they're. You know, in Europe, they would, I guess, call that witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, for lack of a better, uh, you know, a better purpose mm -hmm. uh, or term. So, and and those things could, with people, I guess, carry over into this country when they migrated here from from Europe. Oh, definitely. And I, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I wish my grandfather was still around. Or uh, I thought, with the advent of the tape recorder later in life, recording some of his stories, his own words. Because there were so many that he told over and over, you know, throughout the years, mm -hmm. you know, exact every time. And there were things he was absolutely terrified of, like frogs. I mean, I won't get into why, but uh, something that, that he heard uh, based on uh, a spell someone did with a frog. And he was he, he was absolutely uh, afraid of frogs. If he saw a frog, he'd, he'd break your neck to get away from it. Right. So, so your grandfather's brother died. He was up in the tree there, mm -hmm. found up in the tree. And, uh, you know, that happened. Where does the story go from here? What's the, what's the next portion of this story for the shaking dead? Well, fast forward with the shaking. You bed. don't have to fast forward it. You can give more background if you want. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, um, I mean, there's a lot of background, and and maybe I could tell some of these stories uh, later, okay. you know, on the podcast. But uh, suffice it to say, not all of them, but but a lot of them, they they really were into the the witchcraft and the heavy duty stuff. So, so is the person who's listening to this, like with the audience for the first time, you've told me this story before, uh, I believe a little bit, uh, but I, I, I can't remember all of it. So the background that you're establishing is this possibility of an intergenerational curse and family members who, who have a lot of interaction with the dark arts. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there was okay. a, a possibility there that all right. that um, some of these people dabbling in, in that stuff um, conjured some things they shouldn't have and they made a, might have hung around. Um, the family, you know, for a, a period of time. Because when it comes to the shaking bed, both of my grandparents at one point experienced uh, shaking beds, you know, when they would go to bed at night, you know, something would shake the bed. Then my father experienced the same thing. He told the story when he was younger, they lived in this old house, you know, in the... Uh, the uh, Westbrookville, uh, Otisville area. And uh, he said every night when he would go to bed, uh, something would start shaking his bed quite violently at times. And it happened right up until he grew up. He married my mother and they lived with my grandparents for a time and they slept in that same room. And my mother experienced the same thing, the shaking bed. She said one night the, uh, the bed was shaking. There was the smell of like someone smoking a pipe. And there was a light that lit up like a ball of light, and it just went around the whole, uh, you know, perimeter of the room, corner to corner. And hmm. uh, I, I guess she um, she was alone that particular night. She said she uh, she wasted no time getting the hell out of that room. Is that what you call Paul for the viewers? I'm 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 digging in my mind. Is that what you'd call ectoplasm? Like the ball of light. 
It could be. I mean, there's there's ectoplasm. There's you know just the spheres of light that that mm-hmm. um, many people see when it comes to you know spirit activity. But um, and another one that um, my parents used to say that if a dog slept in that room with them, the dog would always just sit there looking at the door or at the foot of the bed, like growling and shaking. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's always amazing because they're they're. Their sensory systems are totally different. They're way more highly attuned. Their sense of smell, their mm-hmm. sense of hearing, uh, you know, and even what they see is on a whole different spectrum mm-hmm. of things. So you're fast, fast forwarding or not fast forwarding to the shaking bed. Now, did you experience the shaking bed as well? Yeah. Now, for me, just just laying that background of the the witchcraft, the weirdness, um, shaking bed with wow. my my grandfather, shaking bed with my father, then shaking bed started with me, and it started in my grandparents' house. They they lived in this old house in a place called Westtown, New York. I think it was like a. a old slave, um, you know, house or some such thing. But it, it was really weird. You, you walked upstairs to the immediate right. There was a door. There was a bedroom. You walked into that bedroom. And then if you look straight ahead, there was another door that led to another smaller bedroom. And then there was a little staircase in that bedroom that went down to the kitchen. And in that little bedroom, you know, with the staircase leading down to the kitchen, there was this big brass bed that they had bought. And whenever we slept over to my grandmother's house, I slept in that room in the brass bed and my, my brother slept in the other room, you know, and just in front of it there. And we, we don't quite know that there was a family friend. Her name was Jane. It was Jane and Madeline. They used to come visit my grandmother for a year since I was a little kid before I even went to school. And they came up one time for about a week, and Jane got up in the morning. She was delirious, delusional. They took her to the hospital. They found she had leukemia. Uh, within three days, she was dead. And Jane used to sleep in that room, and when she died, she she thought she was in that bed in that room. Mm-hmm. So the speculation was, was it Jane? Was it something else? Because when I hit about... 10, 11 years old, every time I would sleep over my grandparents' house and I would sleep in that bed, you could time it. You could set your watch by it, lay down, maybe five minutes would pass, give or take a minute, and the bed would just start shaking. Now, when you when you say the bed, and if, I, if, my, if I'm interrupting you and it throws your story up, just give me the high sign. Oh, no, don't do no. that. You know, different people have, you know, like if you say, boy, the bed shook violently or the bed shook. You know, people have different um, um, ideas of what a shaking bed is. Or When you say a shaking bed, you know, what do you mean exactly? I know it sounds like, like how bad did this bed shake? Yeah, like, like somebody standing at the foot of the bed actually just consistently shaking it. You know, sometimes I've gotcha. sometimes very lightly, sometimes a little more. Uh happened all the time. And I don't know why. Uh I, I guess I thought my grandfather was this expert on the paranormal because he told so many mm-hmm. ghost stories. And I told him about it. I said, you know, uh, this is probably when I was about 12. It, it happened for, you know, at least a couple of years, you know, before I finally said something. I asked my grandfather about it. 
So his advice is this. He said, if, if ever you see a spirit, ask it, what in God's name do you want of me? And it will answer you. Mm-hmm. Has to. So I'm thinking, great, you know, he has all the answers. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lo and behold, and, and before all this, I mean, you know, talk about things following. Now, this was in my parents' house just prior to this happening. That I was home uh, one day after school. My parents were in the bedroom taking a nap because my father went in late. He worked the night shift. My brother, I don't know whether if he was out with my uncle or whether he had stayed after school for something that day. But I was by myself sitting on the couch watching what was the 4.30 movie. I'm sure you remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every day, every weeknight, 4.30 movie. You know, sometimes it was, you know, Godzilla week, King Kong week. Million dollar movie. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was there watching the 4.30 movie. It was some week that I wanted to see. And uh, I become aware of something like paper crinkling next to my head. And I happen to I look over to see what it is. And I, I kid you not, you remember the old TV guy, the little digest size sure. TV guy? It was next to me on the couch. And here's the TV guy just, it was open, just dangling there in the air. Fluttering, so it's like levitating, levitating. Mm-hmm. No shit. I, mm-hmm. I look at it, and it drops down to the sofa. So I'm a little weirded out by this, but I'd seen weird things, you know. That you know, up to that point, and they would scare me, but not overly scare me because nothing ever happened. That was like something came after me. Or now, how old were you, Paul, when this would happen? It it really kicked in when I was about twelve. So you were twelve years old. You weren't a, you weren't a little kid. Uh, you were just about in your teenage years, and I, I'm just the shaking bed. Now the bed itself was in different locations. Am I correct? It wasn't always in the same. I mean, it wasn't always in the same house, was it? It always was, except for this one time. Okay, and it shook the one time also, as well as in the old location. It shook all the time at my grandparents' house. Every time we slept over there for mm-hmm. at least a good year, year and a half, there was the shaking bed. So it maybe started right. when I was around 11, um, and I would just, like, cover my head up and lay there. And eventually it would stop. And and you know. then another time the bed was moved and it shook also? Yeah, the, the bed was in different positions, you know. Well, there's a reason why I ask that, because for those people who investigate these kind of things, you know, the first thing that came to me is maybe the geography of where you lived. Maybe there was something uh, like a tremor uh, that would happen, or if you lived near a railroad, uh, there could be a vibration, or there yeah. could be something else. But if the bed had been moved, it had been different locations and different places in the house, or yeah, you know, yeah. then that would you know discount that kind of uh, you know extreme possibility. And I did. I, I I thought of that. You know, I was twelve years old. I wasn't mm-hmm. a completely ignorant kid. I, I was like, you know, maybe it's my body. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's my muscles just you sure. know, somehow moving, and it's me. It's not the bed. Right. Um. You know, but it it, it it was just in it, but it never happened at home except for that one time with the, the TV guide. I, I right, it doesn't account for a TV guide levitating. Yeah. That's so sure. so to get back to that story. Yeah. This is in my parents' house, so I turn off the TV. I go in in the bedroom. I go in my room. I sit on the bed, and I'm sitting there, and it and it felt like you know a couple minutes or a couple seconds. It felt 
like this presence, like someone was just standing at the foot of the bed, just eyes burning through me. It was so, so strong, like a physical presence, physical mm-hmm. eyes like latched onto me and the bed starts shaking. Now, this was the only time it happened in my parents' house, the only time. Mm-hmm. So I get up the nerve, I look at the foot of the bed and I ask, what in God's name do you want of me? And I shit you not, and I shit the audience not. Something picked up the foot of the bed, dropped it. And we had these old bunk beds. You know, they were twin-sized beds. Mm -hmm. But they weren't stacked at this time. They were Mm side-by-side. And the reason they were side-by-side is because the one, the the footboard uh, would come detached. The post would detach from the board, and it would fall sideways. When whatever it was, pick this thing up. I would say about an inch off the floor and dropped it. It knocked that the post right out of the headboard. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know, wham, you know, I busted in on my parents' nap. That was the end of that. You know, what the hell's going on? And um, so now going back to my grandparents' house, when I, 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 you know, you think once would be enough if you use this technique and you don't get a good response. <laughs> don't do it again. But uh, a little while later, I would say maybe maybe a month or so later, I'm at my grandparents' house sleeping over because we slept over just about every night, every Friday night. You know, we'd go to my grandparents' mm-hmm. house and we'd stay Friday night, Saturday night. My parents would come get us on, you know, Sunday afternoon. So I'm in the room. And the bed is shaking, but this time it's, it's it's shaking harder. It's one of those times it feels like it's 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 picking up in a, in ferocity. Mm-hmm. And I find myself, you know, I actually feeling like scared but a little annoyed. And I sat straight up in the bed. I looked at the foot of the bed again, and I said, "Who are you? And what in God's name do you want from me?" And again, I shit you not. I shit the audience not. And this, this blows the whole tremor and muscle spasm thing out of the window for me, (laughs) because in that room, it sounded like a hurricane. I didn't feel any wind, but wind, but there was this noise and the the walls were like cracking like that, you know, it was like an old house with like plaster walls. It sounded Mm -hmm. like the plaster was like going to fall off the walls. I mean, the walls Mm -hmm. were cracking. There was this like heavy wind sound. And the bed was just leaping. It was boom, boom, you know, and man, I flew out of that room faster mm-hmm. than you could, you know, shit. And that was the, that was the last time I, I ever slept in that room. Now, did you tell your parents what happened? I told my grandparents. I told my parents. And this was the funny thing. And this this is how I could, you know, my mother's passed away. But. Uh, you know, I, I could corroborate this with uh, with my father. You know, of course, we're kids, so the parents are like, "Oh no, it's it's nothing." You know, oh, it's your imagination. Oh, you know, you're you know. But come to find out, because I overheard some things, and they admitted it later when we were older, that my parents were seeing things in our house too, things that were making them uh, quite nervous. Uh, like my mother was home. We were at school. She was home alone. My, my father was at work. Uh, middle of the day, she, you know, comes from the kitchen to the living room. And we had this uh, a chair with an old footstool, mm-hmm. the old footstools they used to have. And there was, uh, she came around the corner and she said there was 
the shape of a man sitting in the chair with his feet on the footstool, but it was just a shadow, a dark shadow shape of a man mm-hmm. sitting there with his head back and his feet on the footstool. She said it just evaporated like smoke. Wow. You know, after she was looking at it. So, and there were other things. So, you know, they were hearing things, seeing things, and uh, but they didn't want to, you know, scare us. We were, you know, kids. So they didn't want to say, oh, yeah, we're seeing shit too. So, mm-hmm. but it was, it, it, it was kind of creepy. And uh, there's a, a lot of other stories I could tell. And, and, and I think um, the reasons I st- stated at the beginning of this podcast, uh, being sensitive to that kind of thing. Uh, since I was very young, um, I could just tell things about people. Were they being honest? Were they being dishonest? Mm-hmm. If I heard adults talking about maybe things at their job, I knew who how it was going to turn out before it ever happened. Right. So very sensitive to things. And I think that and my, my grandfather's family dabbling uh, in that kind of witchcraft that was very... Uh, uh, spurious. I mean, you wouldn't catch me doing it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely think there were some things because the interesting thing is once I hit about 18, 19 and I started getting more serious about my spirituality and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of branching off my, on my own kind of a different direction than, than my parents, my grandparents, you know, more love, more light. Um, it, it all just kind of faded away. It just faded out and, and, you know, it happened up till about uh, that time in life and then it kind of evaporated, you know. Now, these weren't, and these, uh, even though it's a shaking bed, this didn't happen while you were necessarily asleep. You were awake with these things also, yeah, like, correct? Awake. It, it, like awake. I said, as soon as you went to bed, you could lay down in that bed in time about three to five minutes, sometimes sooner, and it would just start. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the thing, like I said, I thought about, is it, is, is it me? Is it something with my body? But that's the thing I always thought, even though I was 12 years old, I was like, well, why don't I ever feel this at home? Well, you know, there's you know? also an interesting thing. Um, um, mentioned this before. I mean, I, I can't pretend to know what the reason for these things are, but I know that uh, uh, our ability to be conscious of things or more conscious or more aware of things than other people can, can certainly one potential, you know, one possibility. But I think everybody who studies a little bit of psychology or the neurology of psychology, meaning, you know, how your brain works, uh, when you start to go into a state of sleep or you start to rest or sit down, well, the, the different wavelengths in, in your brains, you know, they, they start to change. Mm-hmm. They go from one state and start to transition into another. And I, I think it's important for the viewers. I'm sure I'm, not the only per, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever thought about that. But when you're in different states of relaxation or different states of consciousness, you might be more or less amenable to these type of things. Mm-hmm. Again, you're the expert, and I'm not on this, Paul, but would you say that this particular shaking the bed and the levitating of the TV guide and things like that, would you say this was more of a poltergeist kind of a thing, or do you think this was a malevolent spirit, or do you think that this was um, some type of presence trying to gain your attention uh, to, to pass a message on, or, or just what, what's your interpretation of it now as an adult? Yeah, I, I think more poltergeist, you know, wherever it came from, it, it, it didn't, a lot of these things were, were kind of scary, but um, 
you know, they seemed to disappear rather quickly once I, I got older, you know, started turning toward the light more. Uh, that seemed to be, and sometimes that's the case, you know, uh, if someone is having a, a haunting experience or there's something like that that they feel is following them, they change their lives, they they draw closer to God or Christ um, many times, not always, but 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 there are times these things will, will just, uh, that's all it takes that they're, I guess, very weak, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, maybe they're looking to gain some kind of entry if we don't give it to them. That's what I was going to say. Do you think that, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm just questioning folks, the listening audience, which I think is one of the fun parts of the, the people under the stairs. So not having all the answers, uh, having some perhaps, but also to speculate about these things. I guess what I'm thinking is sometimes when you get older, too, you get better defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You develop uh, more rigidity in your thinking. Right. And I'll give the audience a, um, a good example. One of the things a good psychologist knows is that if somebody comes to me and they have some type of emotional disturbance, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say you've built up this, you know, kind of delusional system, uh, you know, to kind of deal with it or, or a set of faulty explanations as to why, uh, you know, X, Y, Z is happening. Well, you don't go in and just tear that apart off somebody mm. because when you take away their defense mechanisms, the things that are actually, even if they're rationalizing or seeing things illogically, you know, that's keeping things together so that the person may be somewhat functional. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. If you pull the rug out from somebody and take them away and say, see, I showed you. Yeah. They're left with nothing. Right, right. And I wonder with the spirits many times, um, whether you're very young or very old or very vulnerable, your defenses are down and you're con- you're, maybe you're more hypervigilant. Your sense of your consciousness is much more attuned to these kind of things than at other times. Or if you don't want to get involved with them because they're threatening you know, you throw up different kinds of defense mechanisms with logic or say, this can't possibly be so. I, I can't be imagining this. I, mm-hmm. You know, this, there has to be another explanation for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like trying to tell the person about the Augusta poltergeist. Uh, and you and I had a discussion after the show. I mean, how can I make that up? The, the tree bursting into flames or, uh, I mean, come on, folks. Uh, I'm, that That isn't a delusion. Well, there's a, there's a lot of people that... Never, uh, never, you know, experienced anything like this or known anybody. Oh, sure. Or maybe they had a friend when they were little that said, oh, I saw a ghost. So it, it does. It, beca- it becomes very hard to to believe that, you know, when you've never uh, seen it yourself. Right. But, you know, I would say that that doesn't make it any any less real. I mean, there, there's so many people with so many stories uh, throughout time. Right. Do you think that were you on any medication at the time, Paul? Did you like like any uh, some type of medication for allergies or an illness? Or I was some... I was sniffing a lot of model glue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know because I'm sure people wonder with that. You know, and if there's something that you don't want to share, you know, don't share. No, 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 no medication. Um, I never did drugs in my life. Um, I, I was always a kid. It, it was funny before I was ever in school. I remember my brother, he was in uh, first or second grade and they sent home this this little uh, this little sheet of paper about drugs and why you shouldn't ever mm-hmm. do them or take things from mm-hmm. strangers. And for some reason, you know, my mother read it to me. I, I looked at it and, and, and that little pamphlet before I was ever in school made such an impact on me. 
I never wanted to touch any kind of drugs. See? Never. There you go. But but one thing I wanted to add to that, talking about um, the dog that would growl with my father with the shaking bed. Now, this was later when uh, I went to live with my grandmother when I was about 16 years old. I didn't sleep in the shaking bedroom, but I I did sleep in uh, the room in front, you know, the the room immediately at the top of the stairs that led to the shaking bedroom. And uh, the thing of it is, even in that room, there were times the bed would shake when I was 15, 16 years old, living with my grandmother. And they had this little dog, this little black and white dog. It was a mix between... um, a cocker spaniel, I think a hot dog. <laughs> Her name was Fuzzy. And, uh, you know, the dog just used to sleep with me. I'd, I'd go to bed. It would follow me upstairs. It wanted to, you know, sleep at the foot of the bed. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night. And here's Fuzzy the dog. Right up on the, the edge of the bed at the foot of the bed, looking at the door where the shaking, the original shaking mm-hmm. bed was. I mean, this dog, I mean, her hackles were up, shaking. Mm -hmm. This dog was like shaking like crazy, you know, teeth showing, just growling at Mm -hmm. that door. You know, now talk about something there. I'm I'm older, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, this this isn't good. You know, so I'm poking at the dog with my foot. Shut up. You don't want to piss it off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, why was the dog looking at that room growling? And my grandfather, and I, and I had an uncle whose name was Arnold. Uh, he also came to live with my grandmother uh, at a point when I was about 15, 16. So he lived there too. And when we say, was it, was it this friend of the family, Jane? Because my, grandma, my grandfather and my uncle both said on separate occasions, they were coming out of their room. Their rooms were upstairs to go to the bathroom. And they saw a plain as day, Jane coming out of the bathroom. Hmm. And um, now I, I can't swear that their stories are true, but they both said it. Uh, I asked my uncle, um, you know, he's passed away now too, but I, I, I asked him uh, pretty, he only passed away maybe two, three years ago. And I, and I asked him not long before he passed away, you know, remember when we lived in West town and you said you came out of your bedroom and you saw Jane, you know, mm-hmm. was, that, was that true? You know, and he said it, his exact words, you better believe it. I said, well, what did you see? He said, well, his words, I had to take a piss. I got out of bed. I went down the hallway mm-hmm. and I went around the corner and there was Jane walking out of the bathroom. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, I turned around, went back to my room really quick. <laughs> I held it for, I think I held that piss all night. Right. You know? Right. But, um, you know, you said an interesting thing. I went to, um, I think I mentioned this on one of the shows, but when I worked for uh, the Office of People uh, with Developmental Disabilities, I went a couple of times to special investigator training mm-hmm. because when there's an abuse case, uh, they want you very highly trained. And uh, it was a three-day training, and it was with, with policemen and other things, all state employees. Uh, and, and I'll never forget, uh, one of the things that they would do is, like, if somebody would say, um, what time did this happen? And they said, 2 o'clock. Uh-huh. One of the things to follow up in your investigation would be, is like, well, how do you know it was 2 o'clock? 
Mm-hmm. Now, some people just guess because time, you know, I, I think it was two o'clock and then and you trip them up. But, you know, when somebody's telling the truth or they're being um, very real about something, when, well, some, when somebody will say, oh, well, I heard the church, you know, chime hit twice mm-hmm. from St. Michael's Cathedral or whatever that was nearby and everything. Oh, well, that makes sense. Or when I lived in Lansing, the cargo uh, salt mine would blow a stick of dynamite off every day at 430 and, and noontime. You'd hear boom, you know. Mm-hmm. So if if you judge the time, people would know that you weren't kidding. Now, so you did a very interesting thing in your story, and I wanted to point that out to the to the listening audience, is that when you were talking about the bed being lifted, mm-hmm. you gave a very graphic um, description of the bunk beds mm-hmm. and how they were lifted off the floor. There's the flushing toilet, folks. Did you hear that? There we go. We are under the friggin' stairs. This is the real deal. It could have been Jane flushing the toilet. It could have been, or somebody <laughs> holding their water since 1953 because of a ghost. <laughs> But uh, you did a very uh, real thing uh, in that, 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 you know, flashback that you had or that light bulb memory mm-hmm. to me was very genuine. And, uh, you know, lifting the bunk bed and how it fit together. No, somebody who's faking something wouldn't, wouldn't do that, mm-hmm. uh, your, your memory. And another thing, if I could just throw something in here, when you mentioned the dogs... Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who remember the story that I told last week about the Augusta uh, poltergeist, which was affecting me and my my new wife uh, at the time I had just been married, uh, at nighttime when I would go to bed, I would have my pistols and you know knife and everything, everything all laid out for me. But we would move the dresser in front of the bedroom door. We had a bathroom in the bedroom, and uh, you know to block the door so that nobody could come in. Mm-hmm. But my wife had a dog, Pumpkin. A little cocker spaniel, mm-hmm. and I never remember. I didn't remember that before. When you go to sleep, I can remember a couple of times thinking everything was okay, and then and then hearing the dog go, you know, mm-hmm. make, and, and it just came to me. I haven't thought about that in forty years, mm-hmm. and uh, or, or thirty five years. Wow! And I can remember getting scared one night and not going out. Her saying, "You're going to check out." I said, "No, you can't get in here. Whatever's out there, leave the hell out there. It'll go yeah. away." If there's something out there. So that's, um, uh, I know what you mean about the animals and yeah. stuff. Yeah, when the animals are freaked out, that's uh, that's kind of creepy. And, so, and, and another thing I'll, I'll add to, to Jane is that uh, my uncle and grandfather said they saw her coming out of the, um, the bathroom. And there were times... Uh, when I when I was living there, when I was uh, you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, I lived there for you know quite. I got my first job when I lived with my with my grandparents at a little silkscreen factory just up the road in the middle of nowhere in this that little town called uh, West Town, New York. But um, there were times that I would wake up in the middle of the night where I had to pee, and I would hear the toilet flush. And nobody came out of that damn bathroom. And, and my grandfather, when he walked, you could hear him a mile away because he he was very heavy footed. He had, it was, it was wow. kind of like it was kind of like a boom, 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 you know. And the the house was old; it was wooden floors, you know. And when somebody came out of the bathroom, the first three boards and the creaking that floor were yeah. very creaky, so you right. you could hear. Right. You know, and it wasn't like a great big upstairs. You could hear somebody going down the hallway, coming out of the bathroom. 
but there were times I'd wake up and say, man, I, I, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd hear the damn toilet flush and nobody would come out of that bathroom. So uh, those were times I would hold my bladder all night because I wasn't going to go out there and find mm -hmm. out if Jane was coming out of the freaking bathroom. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting, uh, that's a very interesting story. And what do you think is in, other than an interesting story, what do you think is important to this for the viewers out there, Paul? It beats the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can, I can think of something, uh, that, um, I guess on the response to the story that I, that I told, nobody seems to ever have a problem. Um, uh, and I'm not putting any, but I, I certainly respect uh, viewers being skeptical of these kinds of stories and they have good reason to be skeptical of them because so many people just make these things up or whatever. But, uh, I feel kind of like a pilot a highly trained pilot that sees a UFO and, uh, you know, I know it's not a weather balloon and I know it's not the planet Venus and I know it's not, uh, you know, a speck of, um, dust on the, the windshield of, of the airplane. I mean, I'm seeing something is, is, as bright as day, but I guess the message, uh, that I think is important for people is that the, I, I think, I don't think, I know there are things that science can't explain. Mm -hmm. I know there are things that empirical um, testing or uh, empirical methods, and you have to use those things, of course, and for good reason. But I know that there are some things that that might not explain on, on first blush or after many times because events are just very unusual or they're... Um, hard to verify in those ways it doesn't mean that they're not being perceived by you mm -hmm. uh, I guess for me if I was seeing ghosts or hearing voices or things like that and I would suggest to the people out there the first thing I would check out is your health mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a very tense period uh, you know maybe something isn't right, right. Uh, you know maybe uh, if you've been taking new medications or you have a history of mental illness in your family or whatever you know get that checked out yeah. uh, even go to the doctor and get it checked out I mean if you don't want to tell the doctor why you're doing that just saying that you know you're having some strange things that mm -hmm. you can level with your physician fine but once you've done that and once you know for sure that um, you know that there's nothing physically or emotionally off base with you you know barring some crazy thing that you just couldn't possibly know I would take I would take those things not with a grain of salt I would take them seriously yeah uh, and uh, just take them seriously I, I'm not saying something's going to go out and kill you or murder you or anything else like that but somehow some way uh, your state of consciousness is uh, now receiving what some other entity or being or um, level of experience, I don't know how to describe it. I'll just say an entity is, is thrown out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just because you don't understand the process doesn't mean that it's not there. And I guess there's a lot of reasons for doing that. So number one, so you don't get so startled or have a heart attack or do something crazy mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. But I think you should pay attention to those things. Just like, um, I, I say in every show, just like if you you think people are watching you and you're not paranoid or you get a bad feeling on the back of your neck when you're walking down a, a street at night, listen to your, your intuitive um, portion of your brain and your experience. Uh, err on the side of uh, safety 
err on the side of your self-protection. Uh, I'm not talking about becoming a paranoid schizophrenic or anything else like that. But I'm saying that if you were a hunter or a gatherer or anybody else in, in history, as a human being, you would uh, you, you know that you have to pay attention to those kind of things. Because evidently, there's a percentage of these things that go bump in the night mm-hmm. that uh, seem to have uh, some real basis in reality to them. Yeah, and if, if you're seeing things uh, levitate and move, then then you know it's it's probably a good chance it's not you. It's something else. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it's not anything to get freaked out over. A lot of times, I mean, I've, I've done my share of the, the a- amateur uh, paranormal investigations. I've done... Uh, house clearings for people that um, you know thought that they were being bothered by something and it's it's really very simple I mean you know one of the easiest things to do if somebody were to have an issue uh, just get a little water put like a little salt in it read the 23rd Psalm over it three times that's what uh, many of the hoodoo practitioners call uh, blessed water you know, you just sprinkle it around your house. Again, continue to read the 23rd Psalm, say a little prayer that all, you know, all darkness, things not of light and of God be, be gone from this space. And, and generally that, generally that works. You know, it's, it's not, um, it's usually not a case where you have to call in the, uh, the big guns, um, you know, with all the paranormal equipment and the psychics and the priests, you know. <laughs> And sometimes yes, but most times the the very simple things work. If uh, you know if there is something that, for whatever reason, is is hanging around trying to make itself known. Wow, that's a that's a pretty exciting story to me. And I know we have a guest that wants to come on. He was actually would have been on today, but it would have been a little bit hurried. Who actually has a story? Another reputable person uh, about his wife. Who was possessed, uh, he was explained to me, by a demon. Wow. Now, see, that's when I hear that. I mean, I'm hosting the show and I'll, I go, wow, okay. <laughs> Hosted by a demon, but, you know, but uh, yeah, at least, you know, that that's there's a lot of people out there that are, that, man, they're either believing stuff that uh, it isn't there and it's awful convincing to them or they're having some type of experience. Yeah. That's for sure. How about all of you out there in the listening audience? Uh, Paul and I would love to hear from you if you have a story. Uh, I know Paul knows a a large number of people from his other uh, endeavors with that and always likes to find somebody new. Me, of course, anytime I've met met anybody in my professional career and they were having spirits or this or that, it was, uh, you know, psychiatric issues were, were usually... Uh, considered to be the cause of that or misinterpretation, but uh, that isn't always the case. But how about you guys? If you have something, let us know. Give us a call. Send us an email. And uh, I would uh, have fun with all this, but I'd also be, uh, I'd be a little wary of things. I'd keep my, uh, I'd keep my eyes open uh, to things and, and always understand that there are other possibilities for things. And don't try to drum things up that you don't understand. Don't be like uh, Uncle Enoch and get your tongue ripped out. <laughs> oh, whoa, I didn't want to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've mentioned this on other shows. Now, I, I will not participate in, uh, you know, like some so, some psychologists and researchers that they say, oh, all things spiritual, that's all a genie, that's all that make-believe Santa Claus stuff. 
Hey, you know, that's really quickly to, to yeah, say sure. that I'm, I'm reading a book right now that's written by a, a Catholic priest who has done like, you know, exorcisms and, and things like this and the things that he's seen, uh, things that people have done, um, you know, that, that were allegedly possessed uh, or harassed by uh, uh, these spirits. And, and, and he said, you know, he, he is a firm believer just based on what he has seen, what's written in the Gospels, you know, that, that Jesus did... Uh, you know, exorcisms and cast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he makes a good point. He said there was a, a time where the Catholic Church said, well, you know what, uh, you know, because science and religion kind of mixed. And there was a time where the church said, well, no, science, you stick with what is natural in the world. Right. We will deal with what's spiritual. And that's what really started the whole thing where science now, you know, we're, we're not really exposed to these ideas anymore it's that's been, right it's been kind of faded out of our culture so and that's why when people do experience these things most people any little thing they see and i've encountered people that something i wouldn't even consider scary i'd walk right past it and not give it a second look but they experience it and they're like oh my god what do i do what's happening is something after me because it's it's been just strained out of our our culture and you know, I, I think that's a mistake. I, I, I really yeah. do. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And that's why the, the point I was making, I won't dabble in a lot of different things like that. Or right. people say, what are you super? I mean, it's not that I'm superstitious. I knew I, I don't want to fool around with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to open any doors that mm-hmm. don't need to be opened. But I hope all you folks uh, out there listening enjoyed tonight's show uh we have a few more paranormal shows coming up i think and then we'll probably go into some different directions and drift back here i'm sure into some other unknown areas if you have any requests of things again that you'd like to talk about with the people under the stairs or you'd like us to talk about again hit give us a message or give us a shout out and uh be careful out there and now for all you disbelievers out there, I just want to say, play that forward and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will happen. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that. Then, uh, yeah, maybe a spirit said that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> any, any last words, Paul, other than that one that scared me there for a second? Uh, no, I have someone actually that uh, said they were abducted um, by aliens numerous times since they were a kid who wants to come on the show. Oh, so, I want to hear that. So that one will be be interesting. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And I hope we're, we're, we're doing a combo of a, a little bit of science, a, a little bit of critical thinking, and a little bit of just old-fashioned being polite and open-minded and saying, geez, we just don't have an answer. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the person telling the story seems to be sincere. There's no thing. There's nothing that, by the way, folks, that we call secondary game, which means nobody's getting paid to say this. Nobody's making no. money on it. Nobody's uh, getting anything from it. And if we get somebody on the show that might sound a little kooky, just remember, we don't always endorse or agree with the, the opinions. of. The- <laughs> That's right. That, as you don't have to with us. Exactly. But if you don't agree with us, then you'll be damned for eternity. <laughs> Jane's still out there, man. <laughs> oh, you'll have a poltergeist in your house exploding things into fire as well. Sent by me. No, 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 no. 
Well, with that, for, I'm Stan Wangland, and I'm going to say good night, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in life. And I'm going to send my love and blessings and God bless to all everybody out there. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as I always say at the end of 1159, stay safe, everybody. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about gig-speed internet or other popular plans now with even more speed. Enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience today. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store for a great offer. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.